Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Onk Docs. So this week's episode, we are going to be piggybacking on last week, and we're going to talk about metastatic non-small cell lung cancer. We're going to go into all the important details and simplified details on the quickly growing and changing systemic therapy options for this disease process. And we'll include traditional chemotherapies, new immunotherapies, and then the biggest change in the landscape of treating metastatic non-small cell lung cancer, which is targeted agents. And so big thing, again, you guys need to remember that thankfully for these patients, the landscape of treating um, metastatic lung cancer is ever-changing and quickly changing. And so I have a feeling this podcast will actually be out of date within the next year. And so it's a very high yield topic, something you guys need to focus on right before the boards. And I have a feeling we are going to be re-recording every single year because thankfully new stuff is always coming down the pipe. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's start at the very beginning. What are the chemotherapy options in non-small cell lung cancer? Definitely. So this is going back in time. And so historically, we compared best supportive care to chemotherapy regimens in metastatic lung cancer. And what we saw time and time again is that chemotherapy does prolong overall survival. It sounds silly to even say this, but this just shows how much this landscape has changed. This really was a very dismal disease prognosis. And thankfully, now we have many options that are even still coming down the pipeline. And so also it's important to note that chemotherapy and systemic therapy helps even the elderly patients and patients who have an ECOG performance status of two. So don't count people out because of their age or their ECOG performance, give them the best shot. So historically chemotherapy options were platinum doublets and that technically still can remain a standard with things like cisplatin or carboplatin plus pemetrexid. And that is our favorite regimen for non-squamous cell lung cancer. And for squamous cell, we use cisplatin or carboplatin plus gemcitabine or carbo plus taxane. And so second line chemotherapies can include things like pemetrexid if you didn't use it first line, docetaxel if you didn't use it first line, docetaxel plus ramacirumab, so a targeted therapy right there. An important thing to note, because it is technically still board eligible to ask these questions, in the pre-immunotherapy era, you can add bevacizumab, so anti-VEGF, to chemotherapy, or you can utilize pemetrexid maintenance for patients who have adenocarcinoma. You can add nectinumumab, an anti-EGFR drug, to chemotherapy if the patient has squamous cell lung cancer. So I don't think I've ever seen these in practice. You guys probably won't either, but technically these are FDA approved and they have been historical regimens, so they are still fair game for board questions. Right. Hopefully the boards reflect more updated regimens. However, I do remember in some cases of an organ transplant patient, we actually did consider some of these regimens in patients Mm -hmm. that were not eligible for immunotherapy. And so what do we test for in stage four non-small cell lung cancer to guide therapy options? And this is where the landscape has really changed for this disease process. So in squamous cell lung cancer, it's simpler. We check PD-L1 status. In non-squamous cell lung cancer, we check for targeting mutations, which includes EGFR, ALK, ROS1, BRAF V600E, MET, RET, NTRAC, in addition to PD-L1 status. And then what are the details of targetable mutations and how we treat them? 
Definitely. This is the bulk of the episode, guys. And an important thing to remember is we utilize targeted medications over chemotherapy immunotherapy if patients harbor EGFR mutations or ALK fusions. So that is something that you will be asked about. They will give you a patient who has metastatic non-small cell lung cancer. They'll tell you they have an ALK fusion and they'll give you a list of chemotherapy, chemoimmunotherapy, and an ALK targeting drug. The ALK targeting drug is the right answer. So to start us off, we have EGFR. It comes in a few flavors. Most commonly, there's exon 19, there's exon 21, there's L858R, there's T790M. And so in the first line setting, we utilize the drug osimertinib. It initially was approved for patients who had T790M mutations, but based on the FLURA trial in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018, it has moved to the front line for everyone. It's got great CNS penetration, so it's treating those brain lesions as well if patients have them. Other drugs that target EGFR are things like gefitinib, erlotinib, dicometinib, afatinib, and afatinib is approved for mutations such as S7681I, L861Q, G719X. And big thing is, is if you have progression on osimertinib in first line, you also need to think about what are the common resistance patterns that we have seen and identified. And those can include C797S, met amplification, which does change what targeted therapy we use, and also transformation to small cell lung cancer. Yes, that can happen, and that needs to be on your radar. One last thing that we were talking about before we recorded this episode is that patients who have EGFR exon 20 mutations historically do not respond to these TKIs. So we treat them differently. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to remember some of the toxicities of osimertinib, which can include diarrhea, rash, interstitial lung disease, and it can prolong your QTC. And then we were also discussing before that sometimes, you know, if someone has a high burden of disease and non-small cell lung cancer, you may want to treat them with chemo while you're awaiting some of these results. And some oncologists may choose to just give the chemo without the triplet addition of the immunotherapy, because if you give immunotherapy followed by an EGFR TKI, it actually increases the rate of pneumonitis. And so often we'll wait to add the immunotherapy until we have the final results if the EGFR is positive or not. Yeah. That was a question on one of our ITs when we were in training. It's just like, you know, the question PTSD just came to me. Um, so our, our next mutation that we can target is ALK fusions, and this most commonly is ALK fused with EML4. And so in the first line setting, we utilize drugs like electinib or brigatinib, which have good CNS penetration. And we utilize these over the historic ALK targeting agents, crizotinib or seritinib. In the second line setting, we utilize the TKI lorlatinib, and that definitely was on our boards. So it was someone who progressed on, a, it was either electinib or brigatinib, and it said, what do you use next? And lorlatinib was the right answer. Yeah. And one of the ways I know some of the other drugs have L in for the ret fusion, for example, but in general, the ALK fusion has an L in ALK and the electinib and the lorlatinib both have an L. That was one of the ways that I would remember that the first and second line treatments, uh, they all had an L in the name. And one of the important things to know with ALK inhibitors is that it can cause bradycardia and pneumonitis. 
funny. I remembered mine as first line. They started with ABC, electinib, bregatinib, oh. crizotinib. So a- ABCs and second line was lorlatinib. And so L is not in the first three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys will come up with your, your own kooky things. Yeah. So the, the next um, targetable mutation is ROS1 fusion. And so we utilize crizotinib and entrectinib, which has good CNS penetration. And then talking about kooky ways to remember things. Um, so one of our <laughs> mnemonics that one of my co-fellows and I came up with was that Ross and Chris are boy names. And so Ross one goes with Chris, which is chrysotinib. And that also chrysotinib can cause crazy or crazy eyes. So it causes visual disturbances. Um, and so I actually had a patient that had to discontinue chrysotinib when I was in fellowship because of the visual disturbances. And it can also increase your LFTs and also cause a precipitous drop in testosterone for men. Our next mutation is one you guys have already heard of a few times, and that is the BRAF V600E. And so we utilize the same regimen that we do in melanoma and then also in colon cancers. And so that's gibrafenib plus trametinib, so the BRAF plus MEK inhibition. Yes, and you'll remember from our melanoma episode when we talk about the toxicities for these drugs, um, pyrexia and rash. Definitely. Now we're getting to the end of our mutations, which is a ret fusion, which we use cell percatinib, which we also utilize in thyroid cancer with ret fusions. We have met exon 14 splice, which is catmatinib. And the toxicity for that is peripheral edema. And then rarely, but sometimes we do find the needle in the haystack with N-track fusions. And so we utilize the drug lorelectinib for that. And so that covers all of the targetable mutations. And so what is a standard first-line treatment for metastatic non-small cell if there are no targetable mutations? Definitely. So this is when immunotherapy has really come into play. Historically, immunotherapy was approved in the second-line setting for metastatic non-small cell lung cancer. And so in the second-line setting, nivolumab and atezolizumab were approved regardless of pd one status, and pembrolizumab was approved if the pd one was greater than 1%. And so now, thankfully, these drugs have all moved up into the first-line setting. And so pembrolizumab, if pd one is greater than 1%, we can utilize that or combine it with chemotherapy if they have any pdl one status. So in the real world, we use monotherapy pembrolizumab if the pdl one is greater than 50%, and that's based on the Keynote 024 trial. We utilize it with chemotherapy carboplatinum plus paclitaxel pembrolizumab for squamous cell, and we utilize carboplatin pemetrexid plus pembrolizumab for non-squamous cell. Nivolumab, we can combine with ipilimumab if the, pem- the pdl one is greater than 1%. We can combine it with chemotherapy plus ipilimumab for any PDL1 score. And atezolizumab, we can utilize if the PDL1 is greater than 50%. We can combine it with carboplatin paclitaxel BEV for non squamous cell and any PDL1 score. And we can combine it with carboplatin NAB paclitaxel for non squamous cell and any PDL1 score. And so our big summaries for immunotherapy is if the PDL1 is greater than 50%, you can use immunotherapy alone. If the PDL1 is between 1 to 49%, you combine immunotherapy plus chemotherapy. And if the PDL1 is less than 1%, guess what? You still use chemotherapy plus immunotherapy. And so that is really where our landscape is right now. But again, it's probably going to be changing in the next few years. Yeah, I, I just, you know, when we were in fellowship, we always, it's for adenocarcinoma, it's always carbopempem. That's yep. what everyone says. And then for squamous cell, carbopacpem. So yep. just... If you remember carbopempem for adeno and carbopacpem for squamous um, 
And so what are the second line regimens uh, in terms of immunotherapy? Yeah. So our second line regimens is where these drugs were first approved. And so that's nivolumab and atezolizumab, regardless of PDL1 status, and pebrolizumab if the PDL1 status is greater than 1%. Again, I think most of these drugs are utilized in the first line setting. Um, so not as common to think about them in second line, but still testable. I think you did a great job of summarizing a very lengthy topic in a short amount of time. So what are our key takeaways for metastatic non-small cell lung cancer? Definitely. So our key takeaways, don't forget about chemotherapy backbones. And so those are our platinum doublets. Always check for actionable mutations and PDL1 status in these patients. This is going to be the highest yield thing to remember and to memorize, and the biggest chunk of the questions that you will see in metastatic non-small cell lung cancer questions on your boards. Important concept to note is that if the patient has an EGFR mutation or an ALK fusion, we utilize targeted agents before chemoimmunotherapy because they have superior outcomes. And if there are no actionable mutations found, consider immunotherapy alone if the PDL1 score is greater than 50%, or combine it with chemotherapy if the PDL1 score is less than 50%. And our big regimens is for everyone, you can use IPI, Nevo plus chemotherapy. For adenocarcinomas, carbopempem, or carbopaclitaxel atezobev, technically is still an answer. And for squamous cells, you use carbopaclitaxel or nabpaclitaxel pem. So as always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you also tune into our early stage non-small cell lung cancer because we had a ton of questions on that. Um, good luck with studying and please reach out to us with any corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to OncDoc. Yep. Happy studying, guys. Have a good week, and we will be back next week with another episode.